0: Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. Our scripture reading this week comes from a couple of different places. First from Philippians, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Second from Luke, If you worship me, it will be all it will all be yours and third from leviticus anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes let their hair be unkempt cover the lower part of their face and cry out unclean unclean as long as they have the disease they remain unclean they must live alone they must live outside the camp When my uh, my daughter was in the fourth grade, we put her into school at um, Redeemer Lutheran School in Austin, Texas, which is an an, an LCMS private Lutheran uh, elementary and middle school. And she had a fantastic teacher. Um, she really had a great time in fourth grade. Uh, so we left after that um, for fifth grade and and sixth grade, and then we came back um, for seventh grade because uh, uh, our because of we moved um, and, and other things. But she had a good time in the fourth grade. One of the things she had to do was she had to um, to do Bible memorization. So every week, she had a different Bible verse that she was supposed to memorize, and then she would be tested on it on Friday. She'd have to be able to recite the verse um, with, you know, uh, when prompted. And, of course, um, she would memorize it the day before. <laughs> Uh, and then probably forget it most of the time afterwards. All I will say, one of the things I'm I'm really grateful for is that my daughter has a very good understanding of the Bible and a very good. Um, she's read, you know, most of the Bible, um, which a lot of a lot of uh, young people just haven't done for various reasons. So I'm really grateful for that. But I was uh, this was a kind of new concept to me. I, you know, I was not raised in the church. I was raised in church and I wasn't used to kind of memorizing Bible verses that you could just you know kind of recite them on command uh, and but my wife uh, had also attended a, a private um christian middle school and she told me that this is quite normal says that she had to do the same kind of thing and so this is a this is a skill that that um many young christians i guess are are taught depending on of course the the group you're in and, and, and whatnot but This is a skill that that I see being used, especially, um, especially I think in more evangelical churches, in, in churches that would perhaps call themselves fundamentalist. Um, I see more of this because, um, of, of more of a focus on the inerrancy of scripture, the fact that scripture is, it has no errors in it. And, um, because of the focus on this, because of the focus that uh, this idea of um, sola scriptura, you know, scripture only being the, the basis of faith, um, folks from those traditions put a much higher value on uh, on being able to kind of recite scripture or being able to, to quote scripture or or know it really well. Then, for example, um, perhaps someone in a Roman Catholic or or Anglican um, tradition where uh, there are there's other tradition besides just scripture that is considered um, to be uh, to, to carry weight in in your religious um, tradition. So anyway, this is something that that, uh, that I noticed in those in those churches. And more progressive churches, more what churches that that might be called liberal or that follow more liberal theology, uh, tend to not place as much uh, focus on this because. Uh, they often don't believe that scripture is completely without error. Um, they they think that there are places where there are, where there are either there's error in the scripture or um, error in the translation. Perhaps some people say, you know, well the, the scripture is without error in its original languages, but the translation, of course, can introduce error. Some people will say that um, the uh, the scripture was you know God's words directly put on paper. Some people will say that well, that God inspired the authors who wrote the scriptures. Some people will say that the scriptures were written by people who were trying to understand God as best they could. Um, no one in the Christian tradition thinks that the scriptures are, are meaningless. They all uh, use them as the basis of their faith. It's just that they take different uh, opinions, different ideas about how the, they come into being and what level of importance they have. And in... Uh, the the evangelical um church the i think that uh which the school that i was talking about was was you know i would consider them to be an evangelical school that this was a this was something that they were very was very important to them and um i think that it's really important as a, as a minister for me to be able to have some some things like that that i can that i can um use to help speak people on the on the level that they're coming from because uh this is really important to those folks. So um, I've heard, you know, I've I've heard many times scriptures used to uh, to harm people. Scriptures used as a weapon uh, against against people. Oftentimes, it is um, those same uh, people who put such faith, such importance on the scripture and on the inerrancy of scripture. Folks from an evangelical background, or or perhaps a fundamentalist background, who use this um, more as a weapon, because for them the scripture is so important, and the the meaning of it is so important, and um, you know you don't you don't argue with scripture, and so for them it's very important that people be living according to the scripture. But uh, so often what I hear is taken completely out of context, and. Don't get me wrong there are there are lots of evangelicals and and fundamentalist Christians who have done deep study of scripture and who who absolutely understand the context, but there are a whole lot of other folks who don't and um some of the the kind of best examples of this or who perhaps understand the context but ignore it or purposely leave it out in my opinion to to mislead and there are folks. Um, there are folks like that. Uh, the ones I can think of, especially, are the the large kind of mega church, um, what we would call televangelists in the U.S. Folks that that uh, have these these uh, shows, and they and they you know uh, they preach these kind of shows. And and the 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 one I forget his name, but there's there's a, there's a preacher I can think of. Off, Uh, specifically who has this show and and the whole show he's just rifling off scripture verse after scripture verse just you know this verse you know verse verse and chapter this this thing verse and chapter this thing verse and chapters bam 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 is all he says but they're completely out of context I mean you know you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say if you're willing to rearrange the sentences in the order you want that's not the point the point is to to know the context and if you know the context then a single verse can be very powerful you know um, when we say you know love the lord your god with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself upon these two rest all the law and the prophets that's a beautiful verse and very meaningful but you still need to understand the context of it you need to understand that, that it's jesus you know answering a question about what are the most what's the most important part of the law you know, or depending on which which gospel you're reading, it's it's the response to Jesus <laughs> asking that question. But the point is, it's in this context, and you need to know that it, that it followed it followed right up in Luke by the story of the of the Good Samaritan, when the the person who asked the question comes back and says, "Well, we have it. Who's my neighbor?" Right? All of that is important. All that context is important, and people kind of forget the context a lot of times. And so I wanted to look at some verses out of context because this, this sermon was was um, the sermon came about because of something that happened to me today, actually on Facebook, and uh, I think it's it's important to talk about. It. So let's look at some of these verses. First of all, uh, this this one, which uh, I I just absolutely love. This it it it, uh, it came out of I uh, actually found out about it because of my uh, seminary. So in in seminary when I did biblical uh, exegesis. So I took a, yeah, I took uh, I took uh, ancient Greek, kind of Greek, and then we did we translated. So I translated the the Epistle of James from the Greek into English. Is one of my classes, and uh, my teacher, my my professor for that class is a fantastic professor. Um, she's she really knows her stuff, and um, she kind of opened this class on on exegesis with this with this this uh, phrase. Um, and it goes like this. And this is actually what what she showed me. So there there was a uh, a verse a day calendar. Again, you know, these little calendars have a verse a day. And this this is the picture. And it says, "If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine." Luke four seven from the King James version, which I put the uh, the Common English uh, version in our in our readings, um, which is just. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Yep. So that sounds great. That's a great little devotional verse to remember, right? One of those verses to remember and be able to to spout back. But the context here is so important. Notice a little flower, you know, July 3rd. That's a beautiful thing. But when you read this in context, the meaning is very different. So let's look at the context of this. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Here, him is Jesus. And he said to him, said to Jesus, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. So here, it's the devil saying this. It, the devil is saying, if you worship me, the devil, I will give you all of control over all the powers of the earth, to Jesus. Context is really important. Let's look at some more. This one, of course, is so, so famous. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Beautiful verse. Often seen written on signs all by itself. John 3.16. No other, no other context required. Right. This one's good from Amos. Go to Bethel and sin. Go to Gilgal and sin yet more. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithe every three years. Great. Go sin, it says. Go. Have fun. What's the context of this? Now, in this case, the context is a, um, a condemnation of Bethel and Gilgal, a condemnation of the Samaritans. But if you don't know the context, it sounds like you're just being told to go sin. Ecclesiastes ten nineteen. A feast is made for laughter. Wine makes life merry, and money is the answer for everything. Wouldn't that be a great bumper sticker? You know, a cross next to it. Proverbs 27. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. This is the ancient version of Don't Talk to Me Until I've Had My Coffee. But there are some serious ones in there, too. Exodus 21 says, Anyone who curses their father or mother should be put to death. Ephesians 6.5 says, As for slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling and with sincere devotion to Christ. This verse, and many like it, were used to um, make slavery seem palatable to, in, in the southern U.S., uh, t- to to white Christian slave owners, they said, "Oh well, it's it's in the Bible. The Bible says that slaves should be should be uh, should obey their masters with fear and trembling." There are so many things, so many quotes that can be taken individually, and there's one that came to me today, and this is kind of where this this sermon came came around. There's one that came to me today, and I, it was in our, our readings, and it says and uh, it was posted by a friend of mine who um is upset about what's going on you know, right now with with uh the pandemic very upset about what's going on with the pandemic very upset about the rising numbers in the US um things are are going very very badly and um there's a lot of uh, frustration by people who um who are upset that that you know, one side is upset the other side won't wear masks The other side is upset that people are making them wear masks. One side is upset that people won't get vaccinations. The other side is upset that they're being forced to get vaccinations. It's just this conflict. And so a friend of mine posted this, um, this reading. Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face with a mask, and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. And so they posted this as proof, biblical proof, that you should wear a mask and you should self-isolate. Cover the lower part of your face and live alone outside the camp. Now, of course, they posted it um, kind of in kind of jest, right? They posted it because they're tired of people using Bible verses to to uh, you know out of context to try and prove a point, point. and so they did the same thing. They used the Bible verse out of context to try and prove a point. Now, this particular verse is talking about leprosy, and um, unfortunately, again, this has been used in the past to um, to great harm against people who have leprosy, and uh, as someone who responded to her post. Uh, reminded her, you know, um, Jesus himself touched the lepers. Jesus, um, you know, healed the unclean and touched them and, and, you know, ate with folks who who were considered unclean and all this kind of stuff. And so, of course, of course, we're not actually supposed to take this to mean that that we should do this. The point of of the post that they made was that taking a single verse or two out of a scripture text and just posting it and saying this proves my point is ridiculous. You need to understand the context, the larger context. Now, it's perfectly okay to have arguments about the larger context. And certainly in my opinion, those arguments are valid. There, there, are, there are definitely cases where you, you have to make an argument about what the larger context is trying to say. It's not always cut and dry and everything everything's not always black and white. You know, there's, there are shades. There are um, in-betweens. And, you know, there will always be people who take a verse and read it in one meaning and another group of people who take the verse and read the same verse in another meaning. But at the very least, we need to have those discussions with the entire context. Having just a single verse really doesn't help. Because, you know, we really can do all things through a Bible verse taken out of context. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about this. When you see verses in your social media feed, when you when you are confronted by people who spout single verses at you, push back on that. Ask them, what is the context of this? Or go look up the context. If you've got Bible software like Logos, uh, it's very easy. Um, if you've got if you don't, you can go to, to Bible Gateway and look up um, a verse. Sometimes it helps to look in multiple translations. I actually had to use a couple of different translations to get the verses to say what I wanted them to say um, for this. Uh, for example, this verse about uh, the defiling disease um, is in the, the NIV, the New International Version, but in the NRSV and the and the, the CEB, um, it's it's actually mentioned leprosy in the, in the thing, so it doesn't work. So you have to, <laughs> sometimes you have to you have to look at stuff, and a lot of people use, for example, the King James version, which is, you know, has, uses very old archaic um, uh, language. So it helps to look in multiple ver- versions to try and understand better the context. It helps to have some kind of um, some kind of study guide uh, to to look at um, as well. I'm a big fan of the Interpretations series uh, of books. You can buy the individual books. Um, one for each of the books of the Bible, uh, all written by different authors, but but in the same kind of uh, uh, style, I guess. They're they're maybe 25 years old now, but they're still very good. Um, but it's important understand the context. Talk to people who have studied the Bible. Uh, struggle with difficult concepts, you know. Um, one of the verses often quoted is is about. You know, uh, if if a man commits adultery, um, if a man and woman commit adultery, they they should be put to death. You know, that's a difficult passage to to talk about in our modern society. And we can't just throw the passage away. It's part of our scriptures we need to deal with it. But we need to look at it with the entire context in mind. We need to think about the the whole context that we're we're dealing with. And uh, maybe the decision we come to is that the verse is irrelevant now. You know, I believe that the, the putting adulterers to death verse is not relevant to our modern society anymore, um, and I believe that you know that Jesus's teachings uh, point to that. But not everyone believes that, and and you know, not everyone believes that. You know that that uh, some, some people believe that women should should wear head coverings, and some people believe in you know modest clothing, and um, some people believe that you shouldn't cut your hair. Um, some people believe that you should let your hair grow long. <laughs> All these kinds of things, you know. Um, it's worth having those discussions, but we have to have the context. So go out, look at the context, read your Bible. Um, don't take people's word for it. And, and really ask the hard questions. And, and you know, um, struggle. Struggle with the Bible. You know, Abraham struggled with God. And we all have to do that. We all have to struggle with God and struggle with with the, the Scripture to help us understand it. Amen. Amen.